0: Outside the Box to Box, Experience enjoys a Connection by Creating a Rewarding Social Life by Takmeta, narrated by Takmeta. Chapter 1. The Box to Box Lifestyle Tell me if this sounds familiar, you wake up on Monday morning, get ready for work, commute to work, work for 8 or 9 hours, commute home, spend your free time watching television, playing video games, scrolling on your phone or computer, and eating. And then you go to sleep and you do it all over again 5 times until the weekend. Then, when the weekend rolls around, it's more of the same, just without the work. Maybe you go to the gym, run some errands, do an activity, meet up with a friend, but those events seem to be rare occasions. If this sounds familiar, that's because it's the life that many people in the workforce live, me included. When I started working full time, it became my life. Go to work, go home, go to work, go home, repeat until Friday, Become happy on Friday for some reason, then spend the weekends at home alone. It wasn't uncommon for me to try to avoid telling people about my weekend on Monday morning because I always spent the time alone and had nothing good to share. I realized I was living the box-to-box lifestyle. I invented the term box-to-box lifestyle to describe when your life is spent from going from one box to another. One box is your home, the other box is your workplace. Pretty much the entirety of your life happens in one or two boxes or commuting between them. If you work from home, your house serves as both boxes. Living box to box for a day or two isn't a bad thing, but I imagine for most people reading this, that scenario isn't just a one time thing. It pretty much describes your daily life, and your weekends aren't much different. The problem with this routine, working a job, then going straight home for a technology field isolation session, is that it's the perfect breeding ground for loneliness, as there's very little room for real social connection. Loneliness is a problem. The problem with loneliness is that it goes completely against human nature and our happiness. Humans are social creatures because we evolved to be. Evolution is the result of DNA's primary goal. Almost everything is in service to our core biological goal, to survive long enough to successfully reproduce. Survival is simple, don't die before you can reproduce. Reproduction is a little bit more complex. It's one thing to reproduce your DNA, but it's another for that reproduced form to survive and reproduce again. And again. And again. In order for that to happen, the individual and the partner they choose to reproduce with must have good genes. Also, their life conditions need to be strong for them to continue passing on their genetic lineage. Humans have survived and thrived for millions of years because they created strong social groups that work together to achieve specific goals. We don't have extraordinary strength like lions, bears, or sharks do. We can't fly or travel fast like eagles or cheetahs can. We don't protect ourselves with poison like frogs or snakes do, but we do have extraordinary intelligent brains that can communicate to each other in ways that other animals cannot. That's our evolutionary advantage. Humans are just social because we have to be. Being social is how we survived and thrived as a species. We used the collective abilities of each other to fulfill our evolutionary goals. We did this by forming strong social bonds and communities. Each individual human left alone would stand very little chance of surviving as we are relatively weak creatures, but put us into groups and we can use our collective ability to work together. After millions of years of validation, the evidence is clear. Humans are better off with strong social connections. When you are alone, you stand very little chance of accomplishing your DNA's goals of surviving and thriving. Living on your own, in the dark, cold woods, fighting off animals and diseases without any help is pretty much a death sentence even if you already have children, being isolated from them increases their chances of dying too. This is why our DNA has been hardwired to avoid loneliness, and by extension, rejection, as rejection was, and usually is, the cause of being ostracized from the group. If all this seems a little primal and irrelevant, that's normal. But you must understand that even though society has changed dramatically, and modern times has stripped away a lot of our survival conditions, and made the world a quite a safe and habitable place for us, Our instincts are still hardwired in us. Evolution takes hundreds of thousands of years to change, not decades. It's important to understand our instincts and how they served and continue to serve us. Happiness and fulfillment come from satisfying the requirements that we are were evolutionary designed to satisfy. Here are some of our basic instincts that guide our behavior that you may subconsciously understand but haven't yet logically connected. Evolutionary social instincts. It's the reason why you feel good when you do something nice for someone. It benefits everyone to help the people you care about. Evolutionary dietary instincts. It's the reason why eating healthy foods makes you feel good. Healthy foods give you the nutrients required to survive. Evolutionary sexual instincts. It's the reason why getting cheated on is such a horrific experience. A man unknowingly raising another man's offspring or a woman's partner's attention being diverted to another woman is a recipe for reproductive disaster. This is what loneliness actually is. According to many experts, loneliness isn't necessarily about being alone or isolated. Instead, it's about feeling alone or isolated. Although being physically alone and isolated leads to this feeling, loneliness isn't limited to those who are on their own. Celebrities who are often the complete opposite of being physically alone, who often have their significant other and entourage around them, and who are often chased by the screaming fans and chaotic reporters can feel very lonely. College students who are constantly around people in their dorms or in classes can feel lonely. Even members of a loving family who all live under the same roof can feel lonely. The feeling of being alone or isolated doesn't come from not being surrounded by people. Instead, it comes from a lack of connection. When you don't feel connected to another person, yourself, an idea, a task or an activity, or the world, the feeling of loneliness creeps in. You may be slightly relieved to know that more than 3 out of 5 Americans are lonely with more people reporting like they are left out, poorly understood, or lacking companionship, according to Cigna, an American Worldwide Health Services organization. This number has been rising significantly and all indicators point to the continuation of this alarming trend. This isn't just limited to the United States. Many developed countries are experiencing a similar trend, according to Statistics Canada and the Joe Jobs Commission on Loneliness in the United Kingdom. Knowing this data probably doesn't make you feel that much better, but realize your loneliness is definitely not a problem that's exclusive to you. You're not alone in feeling alone. We're all going through it together. Circumstances change. Since the Industrial Revolution, humans have started doing something that is historically unprecedented for a species. We've survived and evolved by creating social tribes and communities, but more recently, especially since the 1950s, we've started going in the opposite direction. More and more people are opting to live away from their home and on their own. While there are many benefits that come from living on one's own, the trend of people living on their own has undoubtedly contributed to the loneliness crisis, since more people are choosing to be isolated from the social networks that we've depended on for millions of years. But it's not just that, there's something more subtle yet impactful going on. On April 30th, 1993, the web became public domain. What the creators of the internet may or may not have known was that their creation was going to alter human history forever. For great benefit and for great pain. Before the internet rose to dominate society, humans had to be quite social in order to function. Back then, in order to do things, we needed human interaction. Now, not so much. Instead of calling a store and placing an order for a product, we can hit a button for same day shipping. Instead of dealing with an actual business front operator, we can click around on a website. Instead of retaining office space for employees to work amongst each other, more and more companies are choosing to operate remotely. Instead of picking up the phone and talking to a friend or meeting up with them in person, we can send them a text or a social media message instead. On social media, we sometimes don't even need to communicate in the English language. We send our friends or family funny photos or videos and that becomes our version of communication. When we live as a society in isolation and have less social interaction, we get exactly what you'd expect, a loneliness crisis. The subtle reason why people are becoming lonelier and more socially isolated is both the effect and the cause of our new environment. People don't get a chance to develop the social abilities to a point where those abilities can help serve their needs in the world. People are becoming more socially anxious and avoidant. We take longer to build real conversation skills, if we do it all, and the ability to be intimate is becoming rare happiness is in social relationships. One of the world's longest studies of adult life done by Harvard found that high-quality social relationships are the strongest link to lifelong happiness, even over money or fame. Social ties protect people from life's discontents, help to delay mental and physical decline, and are better predictors of long and healthy lives more than social class, IQ, or even genes. At the end of the day, The only things that bring true meaning to your life are the relationships with other people, whether they be close connections or relationships with acquaintances, community, and yourself. Pretty much everything you do in your life is in service to your relationships. Our modern technology, status, money, perfect photo moment, obsessed culture tends to lose sight of this at times. I think this is something we all know instinctively but haven't yet logically connected. Looking back, some of the happiest moments of my life weren't because of the fancy meals luxury events, or vacations, but because I was with someone I cared about. My happiest moments growing up were sitting in a McDonald's or in in the dining room of a superstore with my best friend, on a patio outside a mall in Japan drinking juice with my brother, or on a drive with great friends singing along to music. If you ask an elderly person about their biggest regret, you will most likely find that has to do with their relationships with the people they care about. It's almost never about work or money. When we understand that social relationships are tied to happiness, we can see why social relationships remain among the top priorities of people up until their dying breath. We can also see how unfulfilled social relationships end up as people's biggest regret. Let me be among the first to come up with a complete guide that covers all the aspects of social relationships and solves the problem of how to maintain and thrive within them, not just throw a collection of unrelated tips and tricks at you, like you'd see in an internet article or online video. My ultimate goal in writing this book is for you to not wait until you're 80 years old in on a hospital bed to realize that social relationships are the most important part of life. Instead of looking at our actions and behaviors in hindsight, I want us to look at them with foresight so we have the chance to enjoy life while we have lots of it left for us. Next chapter will show you how to set effective goals that will take into consideration your life's situations and needs. This chapter will help clarify how to find the maximum enjoyment within your social life. Chapter 3 is going to outline how you can create strong connections with people you like. For some people, reading this chapter and the next will be all you need. If that solves your problem, amazing. Thanks for reading. But a lot of people will need help developing the skills and traits that will allow them to form and maintain strong relationships. The rest of this book, from chapter 4 onwards, is dedicated to just that. Chapter 4 will show you how to effectively meet new people, which is the building block for forming relationships. Chapter 5 is about the key skill you need to develop in order to become successful socially, vulnerability. I define vulnerability as being willing to express your true desires by putting yourself in uncertain situations. Almost everything you need to do to be successful socially, whether it's talking to a new person, asking them to meet up, or strengthening a relationship, requires vulnerability. Chapter 6 shows you how to optimize your body and get the energy, confidence, and cognitive sharpness you need to make your social life flourish. Chapter 7 helps you feel comfortable and positive about yourself in social situations. Feeling comfortable and positive are the two feelings that people must have to enjoy a social interaction, because those two feelings are required to feel safe. Chapter 8 teaches you social skills. The practice of communication is important to creating social connections with others. Connection is an emotional process. and effective communication will help you arrive at authentic connection. The last chapter, Chapter 9, is about enjoying the time you spend alone. Regardless of how good your social life is, chances are you're going to spend a fair amount of time alone. You may learn a lot of new concepts from this book, or this book may feel basic and confirm what you already know. The information in this book is made to be simple. You must understand that the point of this book isn't to intellectually stimulate you, but to solve the problem you came here to solve. It's not just enough to know what to do, but the whole point of this book is for you to actually do it in your own life. Straightforward information is the quickest path to action and success. Although this book may feel like a process, the goal is very simple, to get you to a point where you are capable to, of developing strong connections with people you choose. That goal may seem like light years away, or may require only a few adjustments. Either way, this book will walk you through the steps. You might need to come back to this book or a specific chapter many times, but That's the idea. Then maybe one day, you'll set down this book for the last time as you will feel like you no longer needed support. The goal of this book is to get you to that point, but it's up to you to put in the thought and the effort. The journey is more than worthwhile. It is, perhaps, the most worthwhile journey of your life. Key takeaways. It's not uncommon to live the box-to-box lifestyle, where your life happens exclusively in one of two boxes, your house or your workplace. The box-to-box lifestyle tends to lead to loneliness, Since there's little room for social connection. Loneliness is a problem because it goes completely against human nature and our happiness. Humans are hardwired to have strong social connections as this is what helped us survive and thrive as a species. Loneliness is when you feel alone, isolated. More than 3 out of 5 Americans feel lonely with other developed countries experiencing similar trends. The leading causes of loneliness include more people living on their own in technology, reducing our need to be social. The strongest link to lifelong happiness is the strength of our social relationships.